You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to Geekiest Show Ever number 72. That's right, I'm finally back. I'm still a little bit sick, but you know what? I'm, I'm good enough to uh, come on, have a joke with Kevin and, and be teased about my man Kearney, which I'm, I'm sure he's going to do. But before I let him get a word in edgeways, I just want to <laughs> say a very, very big thank you to Mike McPeak for taking over the co-hosting role over the last couple of weeks. The shows were fantastic. I got the opportunity to actually edit them, and uh, I was just laughing in hysterics through a lot of it. So, uh, Mike, thank you very much, and certainly uh, next time I need a fill-in, if I'm sick again, you'll certainly be uh, on speed dial, that's for sure. Now, my partner in crime is back. Kevin Older, how are you going this week? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing a little better than you, it sounds like, but I must say it's it's quite nice to hear your dulcet tones on the other end of the microphone. And I certainly do as well appreciate uh, all the help that Mike gave us and the other people that stepped up and offered to help us out as well. A uh, big thank you to all them. I, I explained on last week's show the uh, kerfluffle we tried to get to record an uh, episode with Glenn uh, Kunzler, and it didn't quite work out. But a big thank you to everybody for jumping up and you know, I'm I'm really glad to see that uh, your your man Keeney troubles are are starting to fade away. I I was getting kind of worried that we were going to have to shave you completely down and start over for some reason. Oh, good lord, shave me completely down? No, thank you. You know what? I had a friend years ago who uh, decided to shave his private parts, and uh, you know, as men do, they think that women are interested in that. I certainly don't partake in that, even though. Uh, Gretel suggested that it would be good from time to time, but (laughs) but the interesting part was as the hairs were growing back, as they started to curl, as the short and hairies do, they became ingrown hairs and it got so bad, he actually had to go and have an operation on his groin and have it removed. (laughs) And he literally had this, this hole there. And, you know, so we, we sort of brought out the hermaphrodite kind of, you know, jokes and so forth. And, um, but yeah, that, that sort of, after I saw that, I went, you know what? There is no amount of money and no woman in the world that will ever make me do that. So, uh, you know, that, that was a, a rather traumatizing event. So yeah, no, I'll stay rather hairy in, in the man kerning, you know, maybe next time I'll wear a two piece instead, uh, instead of the single piece, Kevin. <laughs> or maybe you should get, yeah, maybe, maybe you should wear a cover up occasionally when you're out at the beach in the winter. You know. Yeah, you, you know, maybe. But, you know, down here in Australia, we do things a little bit differently. And uh, i, I got to tell you, doing things differently, boy, I, I went to the doctor for the first time in 10 years. You know, I, I honestly couldn't speak. I, You know, there's a couple of shows where my voice is, is really quite rough and it's still not quite back to normal. Uh, but I honestly couldn't speak for about a week. And, uh, you know, Greta was getting really worried and, and kept saying, can you go to the doctor? Please go to the doctor. We don't know what's wrong. And it's like, I'm a man. I can tolerate this. I can get through it. Well, you know what? I caved in. She was getting so worried that I caved in. I actually went and got medication. And that was the start of more concerns because you take the medication that the doctor gives you. Okay. You're starting to feel better. But then there's side effects. Now, a few years ago, I bought a, um, a comedy album from Ray Romano. You might remember him from Everybody Loves Raymond, a, a show I absolutely adore. Oh, and yeah. um, he did a, a stand-up comedy act at, um, 
I think it was in New York somewhere from memory. I, I can't remember the hall it was at. It's a very popular hall, very well known. Um, they do a lot of operatic performances there, but I, I can't remember it. Anyway, uh, he was talking about this packet of chips that he bought and talking about how on the back it, it said that, you know, it may cause anal leakage. And uh, you know what? i got to say, they need that on the bloody medication. I oh, take, dear God. I, I know. I took the medication, and oh, boy. i I got to tell you, that was a just a, um, you know how you always say, uh, you know, to people with your job that uh, your shit is our bread and butter? Yeah. What so do you, you, were, what butter, do you, you were buttering soup? my bread. Well, well, I, yeah, I was buttering your bread in a way. I was the butter. But it, it, it wasn't quite that formed either. It was, oh, it was an absolute shocking mess. I'm, I'm, I hope no one listening is eating at the moment. But, um, yeah, it, look, it, it was just terrible. So you take one medication and then, you know, it makes you run to the toilet every half hour. And, oh, it's just, you know, it, it's been a month, Kevin, of just take this pill and then this side effect. Take this pill, then this side effect. So anyway, I got over the chest infection, which was the main problem. And then my daughter brings me home the common cold. So I've been fighting that off for two weeks. Oh, I, I tell you, it, it, it just doesn't end for Mark. It just it keeps revolving around and around. This is honestly the sickest I can remember being in at least 15 years. Um, you know, it, it's all those filthy, dirty... I've, people's children <laughs> you know that my daughter socializes with each day I'm, I'm sure that's what it is uh she brings home all these germs and oh i it, it's been hellacious and uh surprisingly somehow i've managed to keep actually working um through all of this i've actually you know still been writing and, and pumping out content i just haven't been able to do the shows but uh, I'm hoping that it'll start to warm up in the next month and, and all this will be a, a distant memory. And, uh, you know, I, I was actually speaking to the man who shall remain nameless uh, this morning and, and he said, please never mention that Mancini again. <laughs> and it's like, you know what, I, I think we might retire the Mancini until next winter. That may be a healthy thing for you. I, uh, I worry a little bit about you. But, you know, you were talking about being sick and all that. And uh, our favorite show brings to mind an episode, I believe it's called The Pancake Batter Anomaly, uh, the episode of The Big Bang Theory. It's where Soft Kitty is first heard on the show. Is that, is that the one where Sheldon's sick and Penny has to look after him because the other guys go to the movies to watch yeah, The Planet of the Apes marathon? I mean, now, listeners, stop right here. Pause. Think about how many of our past shows we just tied together with one obscure reference about Mark having the Hershey squirts. We have really <laughs> just put it together for you people. You've oh, got to understand the, that. The Hershey yeah. squirts. I've never heard of that before. I love it. I'm going to tell Greta when she gets home. That's so funny. <laughs> that Maybe that's a, a colloquialism since I don't live that far from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I, I immediately thought of the Hershey bar. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, which I Melted do partake in quite a lot. And, uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, we, we, we serve to educate across the continents and across the ocean. That's what we're here for. We do. You know, we've done strange things. You know, we, we've even tested which way the toilet spins. <laughs> you know? Yes. We, we've done that publicly on Twitter. We're, we're absolutely insane and crazy, but... 
You know, that's what makes us geeks, I think, is that we like the things that other people go, ee, we kind of go, hey, that's kind of cool. Let's see if this works. <laughs> yeah. Let's give that a shot. We, You know, what can it hurt? We're not out anything. <laughs> but our little dignity, maybe, you know. Uh, who, who needs dignity, you know? It, it's far overrated. It certainly is. It, you know, you've got to laugh at yourself. And, you know, life is serious, and it needs to be taken seriously at times. But... You know, so much you just want to relax, unwind, and have a good laugh. And, you know, I, I always believe that the, the first part of having a good laugh is being able to laugh at yourself. Um, and, you know, not in a derogatory way or anything, but just, you know, if you do something stupid, have a good laugh about it, you know. Uh, it, it's part of the healing process, I believe. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I'm not going to. I had a story that's a little too embarrassing to tell our listeners that happened to me at work recently that that was you know my 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 coworkers were freaking out and of course they look at me and expected me to be freaking out i got up i was laughing they said wow your your outlook on life is really different than most people most people would be offended and upset by what just happened to you and you're just having a good time with it and rolling on i said you know what can you do you you know you dwell on things little things like that it ruins your damn life oh definitely you know uh, you you want to have fun with it, and, uh, you know, it, I'm, I'm sure in your business, uh, you know, the term shit happens would be quite appropriate. It does. Shit happens, and we get paid for it. That's what it, ha- <laughs> that's what it amounts to. Yeah. Uh, flush, for, flush for us is what I think I've used before on the show, and, you know, it works well for me. It works yeah. well for us, anyway. And You know what's so. funny? I think we got five minutes into the show uh, before we mentioned our, our toilet humor. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of long for us actually. And and speaking of toilets, uh oh, we got more. We, we we need yes, we need to keep this going. I have a crowdsourcing thing for our fives or six of listeners, whatever it might be up to now. Um, I'm looking for, and I know this is going to freak people out, a good iPad holder that goes on the wall. To use in a certain room, I won't mention the name of the room. Oh, no. Because, you know, you might want to be watching videos while you're brushing oh. your teeth or something. You know, I might, you know, I, watch the morning podcast while I'm getting ready for work. That's it. I am never doing a video podcast now because I don't want you watching me in your bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, I'm brushing my teeth. I'm, that, that's I'm what tripping. you tell me. <laughs> I'm primping. I'm getting. I'm getting all purdied up, as we like to say, for work. So, uh. you know, you know what, Kevin? I've, I've often thought of that myself. Like we, we, you know, in our house, we've got a, a separate toilet and then a separate bathroom. And I certainly don't want my iOS devices in the toilet. Oh, yuck! No, no, couldn't do it. Absolutely not. But in the bathroom where we have the shower and everything, I've often thought, you know, hey, I wouldn't mind some music in here, or I wouldn't mind, you know, just watching something while I'm having a shower, while I'm having a shave, you know, brushing the teeth, whatever. And uh, so have you come across anything or are you sort of asking the listeners what's out there? I'm asking them for recommendations. I've seen one or two wall mount kits. I mean, because I want to set it off without going into the great detail of the floor plan of, of, of the bathroom in, in my home, uh, my primary bathroom. I want to set it off to the side of my sink next to the mirror. That way, while I'm shaving and doing other things, I can easily, you know, watch my favorite video podcasts and, 
you know, just going through the morning evolutions and doing things. I just want to be able to catch up on the, you know, get a quick bite of news. Well, like I could watch uh, tech news today or, um, you know, something like that from the previous night. It would be nice to be able to catch up on things while I'm, you know, doing those other things that are just related to getting ready for the day. Yeah, definitely. And, well, look, even when I'm cooking um, and doing the washing up, I've constantly got the iPad, you know, on, on a shelf just above the sink, uh, you know, playing something that, you know, it may be, you know, something like the Big Bang Theory. It could be a podcast. Yeah, I'd like to have something. Well, you know, here's a plus. If it's a wall mount is what I'm kind of thinking it should be for where I want to put it, um, you know, I can buy two and put one in the kitchen and put one in the in the in the in the loo or the bathroom, whatever you want to call it, and uh, would be great. And then, you know, I solve all my problems. I can watch the TV easily. I don't want a TV in the bathroom because there isn't crap on the cable television anyway. So why <laughs> watch watch that in the morning? So it'd be nice though, just you know, like I say, catch up on a couple podcasts. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I've said that before. I listen to and I watch a tremendous amount of podcasts. This weekend I was catching up on um, Lifehacker and uh, Techzilla, and I forget what other one I was watching this weekend, just doing some catch-up, some of my favorite podcasts. But, you know, there are other times when I could do 10 minutes or so while I'm going through the process of doing other things or if I'm doing the dishes, helping my wife with the dishes. Hey, there's 15, 20 minutes, easy. Oh, I can be watched. God, I, I, but, I, stopped, I stopped doing work at 5 o'clock each day, and uh, then I finally serve up dinner about 7 p.m. Uh, and I, I think I've spoken about it before on the show. I love Gretel, but she cannot cook. Yeah, you said that before, yeah, poor she, thing. She, she is absolutely wonderful, but unfortunately, I eat to taste food. You know, uh, she eats to survive. Two totally different things, you know. I, I need lots of spices and and you know really hot spicy food. I love anything with you know chili in it. Ah, uh-huh. I'm in seventh heaven. Chilies and curries, beautiful. Whereas you know her idea of a meal will be uh, we put some you know sausages on and and some vegetable and and you know and that's it. And it's like um. Where's the flavor? <laughs> you know, it's, it gets pretty dull. I can't stand that. Every meal has to be an excursion for my taste buds. They've got to go somewhere. They have to, it has to be memorable for me. Because um, I, I live with the philosophy that if I died tomorrow or if I died in my sleep, I want a damn enjoyable meal to go out on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that, that that's the way I live. Unfortunately, it also means that I'm quite a few kilos above where I should be. But you know, um, it, it's one of those things. I I can't help that the taste buds like yummy food. That's true. You, I mean, uh, I'll have to. I probably had something tonight that you would love. I got home. I was a little late getting home this evening and had a good dinner. My wife had uh, fried some uh, ham steaks up and. Had uh, some lovely green beans and uh, 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 scallop potato casserole that she makes. It was out Ooh, of this world. And then for uh, dessert, she had made a blueberry cobbler. And have you ever had blueberries? I, I love blueberries. I'm just trying to think what a cobbler is and, and All right. what it would it's be got, like in Australian terms. What does it look like? A uh, cobbler usually has like a somewhere between a cake and biscuity dough on top with the fruit and other fillings underneath of it. 
So it's like two layers. You got the fruit, um, you know, whatever fruit it might be, whether it's peaches or blueberries mm -hmm. or raspberry, you know, doesn't matter, cherries, anything. And then the, the dough is over the top of it, and then it's baked. So it's kind of like a cake over top of fruit. Oh, nice. It, it sounds sounds similar to some things that we have out here, but um, slightly different, but very similar. Yeah. So, I mean, I had that, and it was just absolutely delicious. So I know I understand your need for good food. I, I do understand that. Oh, definitely. And, you know, you need a good dessert as well. Speaking of desserts, you know, I, I make... Uh, an absolutely beautiful chocolate cake. And, and my idea of cooking, too, is not, hey, let's go to the supermarket and buy the packet on the shelf. I literally make it from scratch out of the raw materials. And, uh, yeah, our chocolate cake doesn't last long in this house. It's, you know, full-size cake, and literally we're lucky to get two days out of it. Oh, I've got to. Uh, well, I'll have to get the recipe from my wife. We can post it in the show notes. And if I can get it quick enough and get it, I'll have to get it to you. She made a cake last week that it's, it's basically, it is a cake mix, but it, you doctor it up. Yep. It comes out of, it comes out of a book that, that tells you how to do it. And you have this, some kind of cooked chocolate frosting that as soon as you take the cake out of the oven, you pour the chocolate frosting on it. And what it does is it goes down through the cake Ooh, and forms that. like a chocolate coating on the bottom of the cake. So it's almost like a chocolate river inside of the cake. No, it actually goes all the way all through. All the way through. Wow. And so you have like chocolate icing on the, uh, a combination of the chocolate icing and cake on the bottom, you know, a little thin layer of that across the bottom, maybe an eighth of an inch thick or so. And then you have the cooked chocolate icing all across the top and down the sides oh, of the cake. Oh, yum. Okay, we, we need that recipe. <laughs> and, but you know what? We, we don't need to share it with the listeners. We can, we can keep it just between us. Okay, we will. We won't tell anybody. <laughs> so, no, we, it's, I'll, have, I'll have to get you that one, my friend. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Um, and let, let's just go back because <laughs> we, we went on such a tangent with cooking and everything. Yes. Let's go back to this idea of a stand in the kitchen and so forth. Now... Tell me what what's wrong with something like the the um, the the smart uh, smart cover or um, uh, James Turner's um, wood pad? Um, could could they be used or or is it just that you really want it wall mounted so it doesn't take up any shelf space? Well, in the case of the kitchen, I do need it not to take up any counter space. There, there we don't have a huge kitchen counter, and every inch of it's very precious so there it would need to be wall mounted and in the bathroom kind of the same thing i mean i do have a little space in there that it could use uh i, I like james's uh, uh wood pad they're great um but i think i'd rather have it up on the mount plus i'd like to be able to have it articulated a little bit so that if i'm you know doing something in a different part of the bathroom i can turn it one way or if i'm if i'm over at the other sink <laughs> I can turn it around to one sink, or if I'm at my sink, I can turn it that way. If I'm over in the changing area of the bathroom, I can, you know, I can, we've got a bathroom that's kind of an odd shape, so I, you know, I need to be able to turn it in multiple ways. So, and the kitchen's the same thing. I mean, if we're, if I'm sitting there work, helping my wife with the dishes, that's fine. But if I'm over, uh, say over at the fridge or over doing something in that area, it'd be nice to turn it around and see it better there too. So it definitely needs to be wall mounted preferably something that's articulated that's not a, a 
requirement. I mean, if it's mounted flat to the wall, that'll work just as well for what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah, it sounds, so, sounds like a good plan, though. Um, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, in, in the bathroom, would you need to then sort of look at the possibility of getting something that's a waterproof casing for it? Um, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, if you have a shower while it's on, steam, you know, that could yeah. possibly damage and... That's yeah, true. I'm, I'm not sure. You might have to look into because I, I think the way Apple does their um, warranty repairs and that is based on a, a little strip that's inside, uh, like the the headphone port. And if that gets wet, then they can say, "Well, it's been in an area that's too wet" or something like that. Um, well, now the good thing is we're talking about. I still, unlike you, I still have the original iPad. So what I'm looking for, and it's almost out of warranty anyway. I've got until what month after next, I think, mm-hmm. or first part of September, I think, is when the warranty expires. So you know, if it would something would happen and it would quit working, I, it wouldn't. The warranty wouldn't be an issue, and drat and damn, I'd have to go buy a new one. Oh <laughs> poor poor me! But no, I, I mean, I don't want anything to happen to my iPad. I it's still very useful device and will continue to be useful for a couple more years, I'm sure. Yes, well, even more true. than that. Even though bloody oh. Apple ain't supporting it. Yeah, let's, uh, no. We ran it about that on NAMP. <laughs> I don't want to get... I, I don't need any more... I, well, I can take the hate mail. I don't mind the hate mail or the comments, but you, you know, I, I won't bring that over here. You, you know what I, I put it down to, though, Kevin? Because I'm, I'm going to mention just a little bit about it, a little bit more than I did on NAMP. It's all, it almost feels like it should be a Google Android device where you buy it with the bloody operating system that's on there, and you know what? You can never upgrade it again unless the manufacturer supports it. It's like, oh, come on. you know. And, and look, we both run iOS 5.1 on, on the iPad ones. It's beautiful. It works. I, I just... I, I can't see the point other than Apple's becoming a money-grabbing enterprise and... Uh, and just wanting you to update. I, you know, we, we talked about it, and I still have to say the man who shall remain nameless has probably one of the best theories put forward. The fact that they're no longer selling the iPad one is the reason that um, they're yeah. probably not going to support the next version. I, I don't buy the hardware. I'm sure Can't somebody it, can no. prove me wrong. But I, I don't buy know. that either. And, and certainly I, I agree with uh, with his view on, on that. But then I look at it, you know, um, my iMac is a 2009 iMac. I was just able to upgrade to, to Mountain Lion. You know, that, that'd be the same as them turning around saying, well, sorry, you bought a 2010 iMac. Uh, guess what? We're not supporting you anymore. You've got to go out and buy a new one. It's like, get lost. If, if Seriously, if they go down that route and you're getting such a short lifespan out of these devices, I, number one, want a better price on them. The prices have to come down. Uh, Or, you know, I may just walk away and and not partake in it, seriously. Um, You know, I don't have the money to lay down $500 to $900, whatever it is in Australia, every single 12 months or at the outside every two years just because a company says, hey, guess what? You have to, you know that that's wrong to me. Um, you know, actually, the man who shall remain nameless turned around and told me not to talk about physical media ever again on this show. 
and DVDs. <laughs> Here we go. Mark's on a rant. Put the rant hat on, you know, get ready. Um, you know what? DVD came out in 97. Blu-ray yeah. players today can still play DVD. Computers yeah. have DVDs, okay? Some apples don't. But, you know, I could have bought a DVD back in 97 that still works on today's equipment. Yes, you could. Yeah, indeed. Uh, that's a pretty good lifespan when you when you think about it. You know, that's a lot of good usage out of out of a piece of physical media. The way Apple's doing things, I I don't know. It's just like, okay, this is going to be here today. Tomorrow it's going to be gone, and then you're going to have to pay again. I don't know. I'm just not comfortable with it all, Kevin. I just um, I want to upgrade stuff when I want to upgrade, not because someone tells me to. Uh, I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid anymore. Well, you know, I, I've said this before other places, whether it's been said here on NAMP or the Tech Lounge or wherever it might have been, but I, I'm okay with the fact that I've got a, a, a MacBook Air that's getting ready to get its last OS upgrade. Uh, it'll go to Lion, um, and that'll be as far as it goes. But, you know, in reality, that device is from 2008, so, you know, five, six years out of a device, yeah, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I a, I'm okay that, with that. But, but I, I know you got yours secondhand, but if you bought it brand new, you know, it would have been an astronomical price because that was before the price came down to right. be the rock bottom entry level. It was, you know, a machine that was like, whoa, you could buy a MacBook Pro 17 inch for the same price. Um and, you know, I just wonder what people who actually bought them brand new, paid the full price, would be thinking, geez, after just four years, you know, it's... Uh, and, and the problem is they seem to be doing that more and more. You know, we, we've seen uh, the MacBook Pro Retina come in, non-upgradable, not even RAM. You, you buy it and it's got to be configured that way. Once it's no longer good enough for what you need, guess what? You throw it in the bin and you have to buy another one. Um it's great that we see constant evolution, constant change, and constant additions coming through. But it's it's just starting to become too fast for you know people like us who have other priorities and families, and that um, you know we we can't constantly lay down thousands of dollars per year on on technology. Um, and certainly, you know, when technology still works, why change all the time? Um, you know, I'm still on the iPad 2 and, you know, occasionally I'll walk into the Apple store and look at the iPad 3 and go, wow, that screen's beautiful. I'd love it. It'd be great. And then I just go, you know, that's about the only benefit that that device has over the one that I've got. Yes, it's got a little bit more RAM in it and, and so forth. You know, and there's a couple of other features, better camera and that. But look, I'm not going to sit on a beach in my man Kearney like they showed in the, <laughs> the Apple ads with this big iPad there going filming, you know, people on the nude beach. You know, that's just not going to oh, happen. Wait, it, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you, uh, the question is, are, you are going to have your man Kearney on, though. I want to make sure we're not getting any bits or, <laughs> or dangly bits in the video that I don't need to see. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear God. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, but, you know, I, I'm just wondering, and look, this isn't just an Apple thing. You know, I, I've seen a lot of the phones that come out still today that support Android, but they're locked into the Android 
version of the OS that they're, they're delivered with. And I just look at it and I think, you know, you're screwing people over. It's just not right in my opinion. You shouldn't have to buy a new system all the time. Um, you know, I, I know that some people assume and say, well, every two years your contract sort of rotates with phones. That's fine. Um, mine doesn't, though. I buy my phones outright and then put them on a, a prepaid plan. And, you know, we have that ability in Australia to do it. Um, so, you know, an iPhone for me is like $800 investment. I'm not going to turn around just because Apple released the next one and say, oh, you know what? Sure. I'm going to go and sell this for half its value and then, you know, go and, um, you know, spend another ton of money on, on another piece of gear that's not much better. It's just, I know it's all individual. You don't have to do this. I think where I, I'd start getting the shits though is where <laughs> something like the iPad is only, you know, since they discontinued it, 18 months to two years old. And it's not going to be security supported anymore. Um, you know, Apple claiming, hey, we're secure. You know, we don't get viruses, all that crap. Yeah, that's great. But secure my device that's less than three years old. It, um, uh, oh, boy, Kevin. You know, I, yeah. I I get flabbergasted with some of the stupidity. And then their dicky iPhone 3S is a piece of shit. They're allowing iOS 6 on. Now, admittedly, it's not getting all the features, but it's going to be secure for users who have it. Yet the original iPad is more powerful. It's just like, I, I don't know. Some moron at Apple just wasn't thinking when they put those specs together. That's all I can say. No, they were thinking it was the bean counters that were that were thinking that that's the problem. Yeah, but you, don't, were... you don't get loyalty because then you get people like me who get the shits. You know what I mean? And then other people who aren't as loyal to Apple, who don't have a, a Mac podcast, are going to say, well, get stuffed. I'm going to go across to Android. Um, and look, Android's coming a long way too. You know, um, they are getting better. You know, I, I think really Android's biggest problem, you know, the, the stores are nicely set up through Google, um, even through Amazon and so forth. So, that, you know, all, all the other platforms have nice stores now to sort of, uh, you know, compete against iTunes. I think really there's just still too much diversification in hardware and the Android side of things. It's like every month a new, the latest and greatest, you know, we, we know a lot of people who bought the Nexus 7. Um, yep. That'll be good for a month. And then, you know, the Nexus 7.2 will be out and and it will be even better. Um, so I, I think there's just too many too much range to, to pick and choose from and too much diversity there. And I think that's going to cause them damage immediately and, and in the long term. Otherwise, I, I think it's an, a pretty good operating system. I think it's a pretty solid. Um, and there's certainly a large amount of the population using it and enjoying it. So there's something to be said there. You know, there's an alternative. And, you know, I, I just I look at this and I think, you know, even people who bought a refurbed iPad one, I noticed since they announced the um, that the iPad one wasn't going to be uh, supported in iOS six, there has not been a single refurbed iPad one available on the Apple refurb store, and um, it just it irks me, Kevin. It just it really irritates me. It's just money grabbing, and I don't like it. 
Yeah, it, it, it is worrisome, but, and it, you know, if you think Apple's one end of the spectrum, uh, Android's the other end of the spectrum, hey, Microsoft, here's a chance to slip one in on us. Well, that doesn't sound very good. Here's a chance to, <laughs> to fill a, a middle area where, you know, maybe the hardware can be, get more of a long life. But, you know, Mike and I talked uh, last week, and I think we even talked the week before about extending the life of hardware. Yeah, it was um, a great, I met, great I mentioned topic. the, yeah, I, you know, when when this MacBook Air I have, when it no longer um, supports uh, or can no longer be supported on OS X without the security patches, believe me, it's going right over to uh, some version of Linux. Probably one of those ones that I can skin to make it still look like the Mac OS. Yeah, don't See, ask me why I do I, it, but you, I'll do it. So I, I wouldn't do that. But, and there's a couple of reasons why, and perhaps they're valid, perhaps they're not. When, when something's not supported for me, it's dead. So I sell it and I let some other poor, sorry soul be unsecure. Now, I understand, of course, that you can put like, you know, a Linux distribution build onto it. But then I don't use Linux on a regular basis, nor would I actually use it. So I'd struggle in how could I make this piece of equipment do something for me? Um you know, I'm very much, I, I have m- minimalist equipment. So, you know, I've got one Mac that's current, that's got the latest OS on it and the, the software is secure and everything. But I don't have two Macs. And for the longest time, I've wanted a MacBook Air, but I've got the iPad. And then if I got the MacBook Air, if I used it more than my iMac that would really irritate me. You know, I'd feel bad for my iMac. I know that sounds stupid. Trust me. I know I should be committed, but you know, that's the way I am. I like to get usage out of everything. Then once I've finally finished using it, I can say, you know what? Wow. This was a great machine and it it really served its purpose and it was worth the money. I got every last cent out of it. Um, And I, I look at something like Linux and the only reason why, you know, I've played with it a little bit, but I haven't really done anything with it. It's just not supported, <laughs> you know. Um, and I'm sure that people are yelling at their devices going, you idiot, of course it's supported. And it's like, yeah, it's got a great open source community around it. But, you know, even putting a printer and connecting a printer to it can be troublesome. Um, you know, getting, you know, great games to play on it, you know, playing you know, movies that are not ripped that you've legally purchased on it is a challenge. It just, it just throws up a few challenges to me that I go, what's the point? I don't know if you share my same view, Kevin, but what what would you do with a Linux distribution built on a MacBook Air? Uh, probably the same thing that I use. I mean, the main use that that MacBook Air gets now is the kids surf the web on it, and they they play on different games and I know that I can get Linux and I, cause I have had them using a Linux computer at one point to do all the same stuff that they do on the uh, MacBook air or on the, their windows laptop that they have. Yes, folks, I do have some windows machines in the house. Hey, I, I love windows seven. It runs on my iMac perfectly. I'm not, having oh, no, a, this I'm is... not buying a Dell or a HP or, or anything like that. But, uh, you know, but look years ago when I, I got the shits with Apple and left the fold for a couple of years, um, I uh, actually went and bought a Toshiba laptop and um, a Toshiba satellite. That was a beautiful system. I, I really enjoyed using that. 
Um, yeah, just saying. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, I, my, my Mac fans will be, you know, palms slapping their heads at the moment going, oh, good Lord. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to use Windows at work every day, and it works fine. I'm still using XP there. We use... Oh, that's painful. I've got I've got Vista and 7 both running here at the house. But for the little bit of use that they get, I'm not really going to screw around with trying to upgrade the Vista machines. It isn't worth it, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean... Well, I'm not you know, going to upgrade from 7 to 8. Um, 7's perfect. It's solid on my system. Um, yes. And I'm, ju- I'm just going to keep it. Plus, I don't want to have to pay another couple of hundred dollars to get version 8. It's like, you know, uh, you know, Apple may give away, you know, on iOS a free iOS or, you know, whatever, but then Microsoft charges us through the roof. and it's, There's got to be even ground. I mean, these companies just... Do something. Give it to us for an even normal amount. Don't, uh, I don't know, Kevin. We're, we're, we're yeah, just, no. you know, a polar opposites with these big, you know, companies. And, you know, if you're in the Microsoft camp, even if you love Windows, you have to whinge and bitch about the price of it. Um, and then if you're in the Mac camp, well, the price is coming down on the Mac OS. That's great. And that's wonderful. And it's still supporting quite a few machines, which is good. But then iOS, they give it away for free. But part of giving it away for free means that you have to buy new systems frequently. I prefer to pay for it. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah, I, I, that would be a nice model. Let's say, well, you know, we have the, there, and Apple would never do this. We have the average version that'll cost you $20 and will run on current hardware. If you'd like a build for your older hardware, please pay an additional $20 per license. And you know Crap, what? I'd do it. Yeah, and look, Microsoft does that pretty well. You know, they, they sort of allow a lot of backwards compatibility. Um, you know, you can buy the license and then have access to, you know, whichever version you want. Uh, and that model's smart, but yeah, Apple will never do it. They're, they're the company that, you know, look, iPads are essentially, you know, toasters i guess when they blow up or something just get another one get another one um you know it's a production line and i think the only reason why they're that way inclined is purely because there's so much profit margin that they assign to it uh if there were smaller profit margins like the rest of the the computer industry uh has i think that you'd see it change to where you know they concentrate on maybe charging for the os or more for the os just my opinion, but then again, I, I suppose Android is a free upgrade, so who knows? It, it's, it's a free upgrade irritating. if you can get it to do it. Well, that yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. I, you know, I feel really sorry for Android users who have bought something, and it's not clear when you purchase it. You know, when you purchase the Nexus 7, does it say that, hey, this is going to be supported in the next Lollipop version of the OS? It doesn't say that on the box. It says, hey, you know, you can use, I think the latest is ice cream sandwich. Um, you know, you can use that on your device and then hope that it actually gets supported and, and, and upgraded. Look, I suppose Apple doesn't do the same for their iPad either. Um, but you kind of expect when you buy an iOS device, that you'll get a couple of years usage out of it. And be able to upgrade and update. And uh, anyway, yeah. that's that's enough of my rant on it. I, <laughs> I know yeah, we weren't right. really going to rant on it, but it's one of those things in technology that 
I just look at it and I think, this is wrong. It's done the wrong way. You should give people choice. You should give them the opportunity to say, you know what? I've got an older piece of gear. I'm happy to pay $10, $15, $20 to upgrade the OS so that it is secure. Just security. You know, and allow them the opportunity to update based on security. Forget new features because, you know, iOS 6, yeah, it's nice, but look, who really needs 3D maps? Wow. You know, I can see myself in a Mancuni on a beach in 3D. Yeah, oh, like, it, me, like just, everyone wants to see that. <laughs> I, just th- I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it just features aren't the be all and end all. And, uh, you know... If they keep going down this route of yearly updates and yearly updates on the the OS and everything, and then they start, especially on the, on the Macs, because they're really expensive, you know, if they, they start pushing out yearly updates that force you within a couple of years to upgrade a system, that's when I'm going to turn around and say, you know what, no, I'm, I'm not going to support this any longer. And it'll be a sad day for me to say that. Um, but I, I just don't believe that, Equipment should be dead after two to three years. Well, yeah, I, I I won't disagree with you there, but I guess we'll just have to play a wait and see game and see where they go with it. I I firmly believe and hope that Apple won't go that route, but let, let's let's play a wait and see. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not happy about it, but I'm not so unhappy that I'm willing to leave the fold. I enjoy sitting down in front of my Mac. It's too much easier to use, and I can get much more work done on a Mac than I can ever on a usually on a PC. So I'm I'm fine. You know, something running Windows OS, so I'm fine with it. So I'll give Apple the benefit of the doubt. You know, they haven't led me astray in the years that I've been part of the Apple fold. You know, after leaving Windows, and I mean, I go back to the big mainframes and stuff like that. So I'm not going to. Get real concerned. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt now, but I'll take them to task if things change in the future. You can rest assured. So yeah, we'll, we'll certainly have to keep an eye on where they go and uh, and just see what happens. Um, hopefully, so, so they'll to, make it better. Yeah. So to carry this back, send your send your recommendations to me for an iPad holder, which is where we started. <laughs> Good lord, are we are we still? On the iPad holder. <laughs> we know that I just wanted to reiterate that because I am crowdsourcing this. I do that from time to time. So please do send me your recommendations for that. And and if you think Mark's had a little bit too many medications and popped too many pills over the last month that he's been away, <laughs> please let us know at gse at mymac.com. Now, Kevin, before we uh, get towards the end of the show, let's talk about our trains and and stuff like that. Now, um, last time we were uh, doing the show together, I mentioned that my little Thomas, the tank engine, he he had a little trouble getting up the hill. He, uh, unfortunately... He's a little puffed out. <laughs> um, what what ended up happening was the uh, gear actually just literally wore thin, and uh, so the the teeth on the the gear just completely wore down to next to nothing. So I got the gear replaced. It was a twelve dollar replacement, much cheaper than the seventy dollar engine replacement, and. Um, He's been running fine ever since, and uh, it was actually surprising. The guys said to me, "Geez, 
we don't see gears really burning out that much unless, you know, you let the kids play with it or anything. I said, trust me, if my son manually pushed this train, I'd man- manually push him to the other end of the house. <laughs> it didn't happen, you know. Um, every time I turn the train set off, the trains go at the back of the uh, of, of, of the back of the build of the display, uh, and trust me, it takes all my time to you know reach over to the the other side. So there's no way my son could uh, get anywhere near it. And um, I said, look, you know, we run it on a regular basis. We run it a few hours every week, and we've had it for a couple of years. They're like, you run it for a few hours every week. And it's like, well, why do you buy a train set then? <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah, really. if you're not going to run it and it's going to sit there getting dusty, what's the point? You know, it's, um, and you put so much effort in, you know, I often, um, you know, I'll be cooking dinner and, and so forth. And I often put it on for my son and he'll just watch it go around and around and around for, you know, he'll sit there for an hour and watch it and, and just, you know, have fun enjoying it. Uh, and then on weekends, we sit there together and we run it quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, hopefully this new this new gear lasts. Um, if it gives me another couple of years for $12, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, it's it's nice. I've got one of my Thomases that I need to get fixed. Um, now, you and I run different scales. Um, you're running more what in the United States is called an HO scale. Yeah, and which in I, the UK is called a double O scale. Yeah, which, which is then, uh, ultra confusing because it depends what manufacturer you go with. Uh, some will list just double O, and some will list H O, and then some list both. And then certainly in, in my early days of uh, collecting trains, it was like, um, "Can you help me? Will this one work on my system?" <laughs> yeah. Oh God, yes, I know. I remember that too. And, now, and I, I, I and still I... ask that anyway. When when I purchase, I, I normally purchase Hornby. When I purchased Buckman, I, I still ask, I still say, I've got an analog um, set uh, that's HO standard. Would this run on it? Because, you know, obviously analog and digital aren't compatible. So, um, you know, I don't want to then buy a digital uh, engine and then it won't run on my analog setup and possibly fry all the internal components. Well, see, that's something in, in the O scale, at least here in the United States, that I don't have to worry about. I can run, I have both types of trains. I have some analog and I have some digital and I have some that are kind of in between that are But But Kevin, do you, do you have the, the digital controllers? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I've got the analog controllers. But that doesn't matter. I, I've got, well, actually, I should, my primary is a digital, but I have an analog controller. Oh, you got one, and, But the yeah. O-scale trains tend to go back and forth. It's the features that you can activate and use with the controller that's... Wait a minute. I'm going to get my tongue tied around my ass if I don't be careful here. You, It's the features, in other words, like the digital sound systems that are in some of the newer yep. trains that I have. When I'm using the analog controller for it, I just that's, can't make, it do, I can't make yeah. it do the digital sound. It won't hurt it. It'll still run it, and it doesn't cause the train any problems, but I don't. I can't get access to it. That's yeah, interesting. I, I, have to, I have to look that up on my side of the fence and see whether it's just that restriction. I've always been told, you know, don't mix them. Yeah, you, I, I don't think you should mix. Um, like if I was running a two-track mainline, I don't think I'd want to run a digital and an analog train on the same loop or something like that. Yeah. But uh, as far as I know, I mean, because I can run the old stuff. I could even have trains, you know, from the 30s and the 40s and the 
golden era of trains here in the United States, you know, the 50s and a little bit into the 60s. And I could run those right along beside the newest thing I can find on the uh, store shelf. Now, again, a lot of those trains don't have feature. I mean, like, like the newer trains have the electronic control to turn the smoke switch or switch the, because the, I do a lot of steam engines because that's yep. one of my, I prefer them. Uh, I can turn that on and off. Uh, that's a switch. The older ones, it's nope, it's just going to smoke and that's it. And if you don't keep the the smoke stuff in it, then it's going to burn up the smoke unit or you know, something like that. So Yeah, you know what? I love the smell from the smokers, though. They're just, I don't know, it's something from my childhood that I just remember that. I, I can't put my finger on it as to what it is. Just that, that irony, burny smell uh, that comes from it. It's just, it brings back wonderful memories. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. The only problem I had is the train layout, I don't have a permanent layout anymore. Where I had it down, well, it's in was in this room that I'm in right now. That's the office slash family room downstairs, and uh, the train table I had built down here, and I'd run it. I had to used to have to cover the smoke alarm because my trains <laughs> put out enough smoke they would set off the uh, smoke alarms here in the house, and then the alarm company is calling, saying, "Ah, oh, we're getting an alarm." And like, no, no, it's just my train. You're what? How old are you? And you're what? And I'm D- going, didn't, yeah. didn't they ever watch Gomez Adams in his train sets? Yeah, that's true. I should have, refer- you know, I didn't think about it. Sure, you know, I'm, I'm I'm Gomez Adams. I'm just a current <laughs> current day version of Go. Except I don't crash my trains into one another. That would kill me to do something like that on purpose. Oh yeah, but- you know, it's bad enough when you have a derailment on accident. You know, by accident, it's like ah. Oh. Nothing is worse than than just seeing that train go off in off into the trees, and it's like no, my whole setup, you know. And then and yeah. then you're looking at it, and then you you end up spending half an hour to an hour just looking your engine over, making sure there's not a blemish anywhere, or at least I do. Yeah, I but I do. My Thomas needs to be fixed. I don't know what's wrong. He's a Lionel uh, brand Thomas engine here in the United States, and. I need to get him fixed. He's he'll he just sits on the track. You can kind of hear the motor hum a little bit, and then it will die off. So I'm not sure what's wrong that, with him. That'd be the same problem I had, and it was the gear. Yeah, but I, I don't. Well, I don't know. It, it maybe it is the gear, but I took it all apart, and the gear looked fine to me. The only yeah. problem was when I put it back together, I had parts left over. Oh, so God. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I know. No wonder. No wonder it's not working, Kevin. <laughs> no, no, that was before. It was already not working. I need to take it. Take him someplace and have surgery done. I bought a replacement, Thomas. Uh, I think you remember last year I posted a video. Yes. Uh, of him running around because I think this year we never got around to it this past Christmas, but I think this upcoming Christmas, Thomas may appear again under the Christmas tree. Um, that's always a favorite time, at least in this country to uh to put trains around the christmas tree that's always a big thing i may even build a little stand and which will make the christmas tree even taller yeah uh, but i've got it sort of midway up or something yeah so i'll have uh so i'll have it and if i do it i'll, I'll post some pictures of it because i have some buildings that go along with my trains and stuff like that but my son and i went to the local train store uh i guess it was this past saturday he has. He was big into the Thomas Wooden trains. Matter of fact, he still mm-hmm. plays with the Thomas Wooden trains from time to time. And he had one of those tables that, for you and me, probably be about up to our knees or a little little below that. And he he and I were looking at uh, 
the HO scale. And then I was also looking at even if I had to go to N scale to build him a little layout on that train table so he could have a layout in his room. I hate to go back to the smaller stuff because it's hard to see, yeah. especially if I went to N scale. Cause that's oh, Z's how, even worse. I, you know what? I, oh, no. I do want to build a, a Z scale layout just because you can do so much cool stuff in a small amount. Have, have you seen those Z scales that actually are in suitcases and yes. yet they open up and, and you've got the complete layout and you look at it and you go, holy cow, this is, this is a complete train layout. This is ultra cool. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, the, <laughs> the first one of those, that those are so cool. The first one of those I saw was uh Marklin, the German yep. company. They make one and it was, that thing was just beyond cool. I drooled over that thing for the longest time and my wife is going, but that's like, a tenth of the size of what you have. I said, I know, but look, it's an entire train layout <laughs> in a briefcase. Oh, it, it's great. You can put it on the shelf and then pull it out when you want, and it's already set up, ready to go. I think there's a couple of N-scale ones, but usually N-scale is still pretty big. Uh, you know, the the train's not, but the, the angles that you can actually undertake the curves at are still large, although I've seen some beautiful copy... Uh, copy coffee uh table size and layouts um that just are like wow that's absolutely gorgeous and i I really wouldn't mind getting a coffee table and actually putting a layout inside it then putting a piece of glass on top and having it run lights and everything you know street lights and that it'd be great i've seen that done i've seen the uh the models for it um i considered that for a while too because we lived in a much smaller house and I didn't really have a place for it. I was just dying to have a train layout. And my wife was said, you know, if you want to do it, you can do it. But then I started pricing everything out. Oh, and I was like, oh no. you know, I got, I got to buy all new engines. I got to buy all new track. I got to buy this. I got to buy that. It's like, oh, crap. I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, so I managed it, to... It's more expensive than being interested in technology, really. Um, you know, it, that, it that hobby really is... Uh, you know, I'm I'm still not finished my original layout that I, I set up for my son when he was three, and he's you know, he's now five. Um, you know, so it it takes a lot of time, it, but it's also one of those hobbies that doesn't have to be done in a month or in two months or a year. It can be done when you have time and when you have finance. Um, you know, we've built it up from just the raw track, the engine and the carriages, uh, to building the table to then laying the track on the table with the proper track bed, uh, to then putting the ballast in, uh, to then, you know, doing the landscaping, uh, doing some buildings. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things that it's... And we take pictures of it all the time so that every time we put something new in, we see the difference and we see building it from nothing. And it's just cool sometimes to go through those, those old pictures and, and see it when you were originally planning it out. And all you did was have the, the, the track layout on just bare wood to see, hey, would this layout fit on the dimension of wood that I've got for the table? And then just, you know, then you sort of compare it and oh, it's, a, it's a great experience. Well, you know, I had designed a layout that I wanted to put in when we finished this room off here in the, uh, in the basement. I designed a layout that, that worked kind of like a Murphy bed. Do you know what that is? No. 
A Murphy bed's the type of bed that kind of folds up into the oh, wall yeah, when now, you're not using. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've actually seen some of those layouts that can be like on a hoist kind of thin, um, but not well, hoist up the, straight, but sort of go angular against the wall. No, this would be hinged so that it would. I actually was going to make the walls about. Uh, I, I the I think it was the back. Yeah, it was this back wall here. I was going to make it instead of being a regular standard wall thickness of four inches here in the United States. I was going to make it an eight inch or yeah, it was an eight inch thick wall so that I had room so that when you walked in here and looked, you just saw where the paneling, uh, the, the, cause I got wood, uh, painted wood paneling, uh, in this room, it would stick out like just a little bit, you know, just be look like a raised place, but then I would have it hinged at the bottom so that it could swing down. I had the legs fixed. So they, f they came out from beside the layout and then swung down to support it. And the layout would have been probably, I don't know, maybe, oh, a foot, maybe a foot and a half off the floor. Okay. So, good, you know, you could sit down cross-legged if your legs are still bendable in those directions. <laughs> or sit in a chair there beside the layout and, and, and have fun with it. I had it designed, and then I said, oh, I don't know, I just can't. I didn't have the patience and the time. We were trying to get everything else done, and I chucked it, and I didn't oh, do it. But that's a shame. Well, it's just as well because my desk is here where where the layout would have been now, so it would you, have been... You know, I've been thinking about this, and you know how you've got the three monitors? I reckon that you could get either an N-scale or especially a Z-scale and literally run like a figure-eight circuit around the base of, of the displays that you've got. Ooh, I like the way you think, my yeah. friend. So you, you could actually set up on your desk... You know, this, this little railway set that, you know, could just go. And, you know, it wouldn't have to be that expensive because you could just run with the bear track and the, the train. Um, but it would be super cool. But it, And it could move my pen from one side of the desk to the other as, a, as hauling freight over. So I could Absolutely. finish my pen and lay it down over here. But then when my wife needs a pen and she's on the other side of my desk, I say, oh, wait, let me move it to you. So I set the pen on the train and... Now we're thinking. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing some serious design work here now, my friend. You know what? I was actually tempted to do the same thing in my, my kitchen dining room, and I was going to get one of the garden size, uh, you know, model. It was actually a Thomas one, but unfortunately our local train shop sold out before I could buy it. But I was actually going to get it to go from the kitchen into the dining room with dinner, <laughs> you know, and, and then, you know, you pick it up from the, the, the dining room. Um, and that was going to be pretty cool. And Gretel kind of rolled her eyes at it. And I'm like, but that would be so cool. <laughs> so, uh, and the other thing I've thought of, you said garden, and it made me think of that too, but I've thought about, have you seen the systems where you can mount the trains up on the wall and have them follow the walls around? I've, They're suspended. I've seen them, but, um, yeah, you know, I don't know how it would go because we sort of have doors or, like, slide-in doors and so forth for the different rooms. So I, I suppose it could still be done. It'd be, you know yeah. what, I just want to drill a hole through my wall and have the train go through the wall to the other side. You know, have it go oh, yeah. from room to room, you know, <laughs> literally have the walls a tunnel. That would be awesome. 
that would be cool. But you, you, the garden railway, I thought it would be. I've got plenty of room in my backyard. I could easily do a garden railroad. So I, that, you know, that would be a lot of fun. That that, that would be. You know that that'd get you out in the fresh air a little bit more. But that's out, out of the man cave. Yeah, they're not cheap, are they? They're. Um, I I haven't really priced them, but I know that they're uh, quite expensive. They're, you know. I, I'm thinking of the. I did actually price the the ride on uh, trains because I was tempted at one stage to actually invest in one, take it out to our our local railway, and and ride the mini train line. And you know, you're talking about the price of a car. You know, um, oh yeah, to to buy one of those, and it's like, oh geez, um, yeah, no, I don't think I'll do that. I think I'll just go and go for the ride alongs. Um, but oh, beautiful engine. You know, if if I had the money to burn, I, I'd definitely do it. But um, yeah, I don't have the money to burn, unfortunately. No, me either. And that would be nice uh, to really to to do that. I would just absolutely love to have that kind of setup. But you know, we have families, we have other needs, and we have to keep paying the Apple tax. So no, I'm yeah. just kidding. Isn't that we true? Have to keep, <laughs> we have to keep buying our Apple gear and our other geeky needs and, and so on and so forth. And I have a new geeky uh, fascination that you're going to be proud of that has transpired since the last time we talked, my friend. Ooh, okay, what's this? I have, albeit not brand new, I have a hand-me-down Nintendo DS Ooh, that I have been playing nice. games on. So I'm starting to look, and and I'm blaming this partially on you about how, if depending on how hooked I get into playing games <laughs> on this DS. Actually, I'm not going to blame it partially on you. I'm going to completely blame you. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, I'm starting to look at maybe getting some first-person shooters to play. You know, get some good violence going on this nice handheld little toy. <laughs> but I need my violin. And, and there's a few good ones uh, out there at the moment. And you know well, what? Call of Duty. Call of Duty's out on it. Uh, you can get Brothers in Arms. Um, what else can you get? Uh, 007. Um, Splinter Cells. There's a couple of different Splinter Cells. Oh. Yeah, see this. This is an original DS that was a hand-me-down. So, is, uh, is that the the silver one without the backlight, or is it one with the backlighting? Well, I'd hold it up, but you can't see it right now, so that's not going to do. No, you. Blood, <laughs> bloody, bloody Skype is incompatible. Uh, uh, but, uh, bloody Microsoft. Got, <laughs> I'm trying to. I, well, I wonder. I put it someplace. Uh, I'm trying. It's. It would have been vintage. It was the one that came out just before the 3DS XL. Oh, okay. So it's, it's not not that old. Then it's um, oh no no it's no still it's current. Not. Yeah, I, it, I, I it'll, it'll it was still like play the, the same cartridges. Yeah, no, no, it'll still play the same cartridges that you run on the DS XL, which is what everybody else in the house plays. Um, and I just don't want to spend the money on one. I'm too freaking cheap. I, I, uh, I'll, tell I, you, I'll tell you what you need to do, and it's coming out soon. Actually, it's coming out this next month for uh, me in Australia. The 3DS XL. So you can actually get the 3D in extra large. And um, that, I, I'm really tempted because, look, I love the 3DS. I, you know, I, but mainly because I do reviews on iOS stuff, um, I play my fair share of iOS games. And they're great. They're wonderful. Um, they're really good. But you still sometimes just wish 
wow, I, I wish I actually had that physical trigger button that could just, you know, be there and, and actually feel like I'm actually pressing something rather than just smacking my thumb against the screen. And um, so I, I love the, the DS format. Um, I, I did previously also enjoy the original PSP, um, but unfortunately, Tim has turned me off buying a, uh, a PSP Vita. Um, and probably rightly so, because the games are shit on it at the moment. Yeah, the the, 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 the DS the, definitely seems to have the selection of games. The, the DS does. Um, you know, like 3DS, there's certainly more games come in, and, and the Mario games, look, you know, I don't care how good a game is on iOS, uh, you cannot beat a first-party Nintendo game or a first-party Microsoft or PlayStation game. You just can't beat them. They're absolutely gorgeous. They're perfect. Maybe if Apple built games themselves, they'd be as good, but uh, they don't. So, um, you know, I I absolutely love it. Just, you know, it it really works for me, the 3DS. Um, Plus, it's backwards compatible with all the DS games. Uh, The other good thing, too, you can even buy on their online shop the uh, original Game Boy games and everything. It goes all the way back. Um, so oh you, wow! You, you I can, forgot about those. Oh yeah, for like six or seven dollars, you can buy Tetris. You know, and um, Tetris that shipped with the original Game Boy system in 1989, and you know they they leave them pretty much exactly the same with the same faults and and uh, and issues that they had, and it's just great. Um, you know, Nintendo's really got it well set up because they've adopted much of Sega as well. So you can actually get Sega. Um, do you remember the um, the Sega handheld? It was called. Oh yeah, I I can see it, but I don't know what it was called. I can't Sega remember. Hand. I can't remember what it was uh, or what it, it was called. But you know what? As a kid, I really wanted one of those. I had a friend who had one, and I just had the Game Boy. And at the time, I loved the Game Boy. But it was that monochrome green screen on the Game Boy. It wasn't a color screen, whereas the the Sega version, similar to the Lynx, uh, you know, they were color screen versions um, of 8 and 16-bit games and so forth. And it was just like, oh, I wish I had a color screen, you know. It's always, you know, the grass is greener on the other side syndrome. Um, And it, it was just absolutely, you know, fantastic to play it but yeah then when I went home and had to play on this you know big clunker it, it was a little bit disappointing uh but you, you can buy all those games as well which is really good even on the the straight Nintendo Wii you know you've got the option to buy all the way back to the NES the uh SNES Mega Drive um and basically everything except for the GameCube they they, yeah. they haven't ported the GameCube games across, and there's only a small amount of N64 games at the moment. Um, but I, I love that ability to go back and buy classic games. And, you know, some of them are awful, but some of them are just fantastic and really bring you back to a time when, you know what, games were simpler in design and graphics and sound but they yep. were bloody hard. <laughs> you know, I've I've played some of the original NES uh, Mario Brothers games, and it's like, now I remember, you know, why I spent a month in the school holidays playing just this game and nothing else, because it is so tedious. 
you miss the jump all the time, you know, stuff like that. And, I, you know, I look at games today and I look and think, wow, that's easy. You know, I shouldn't have been able to finish that game in nine hours. No way. Um, you know, my kids, they don't know what a hard game is. Uh, the hardest game they've had to play is actually a side-scrolling game, uh, a platform game, I should say, really, uh, called Run Kitty Run on iOS. And that they get frustrated with. And it's like, they always come to me and say, can you help me get past this? And it's like, I'll get past one section. Then you've got to do the rest. And I love that because it's almost like problem solving. And it, it's just, you know, get it, get the concentration happening um, into the game. That's where the real immersion comes from. I hate seeing my kids play something, blitz it really quickly, and then they want to play something else. Um, I like the challenge and, um, yeah, I, I do too. My son, when, uh, we'll play some of the old Xbox games that I've got, he'll bring them to me. He'll get stuck at a point and, um, because I've played the game maybe a while back and I'll say, Oh, wait a minute. And I'll get him past that point and then he'll go on and then he'll figure out two or three levels that I heck never even got <laughs> to with the game. So, uh, it's it's always a lot of fun. It's you know it's kind of a little bit of a bonding moment, maybe in a strange way. The Sega thing you were looking for was the Sega Game Gear. That's right. Yeah, that that was fantastic back in the day. And and certainly you know mentioning you know especially a father son bond is very important. And you know there's a lot of things that you can do. I actually find it difficult with the father daughter bond because you know she's into all the girly stuff. She's into fairies and. And, you know, Tinkerbell and stuff. And whilst I don't mind sitting down, you know, watching the movies with her and stuff like that, or playing the Dora games, I've got to say, some of the Dora games for girls on the Wii are exceptional. Um, They're just really, really good. Um, But, you know, it wears thin after a while. You know, I I need to regain my manhood, (laughs) you know, (laughs) uh, after I've been there for an hour or two. Whereas with my son, we can literally sit down all weekend. You won't see us. We'll just be in the games room. Uh, you know, playing with cars or playing with trains. Uh, you know, we've got the scale electric set uh, up and we race that for hours. You know, seriously, you, you think, you know, how much time could you honestly sit there watching little cars go around an electronic track? And we've, we've got the Mario Kart version of the Carrera set. And so we've got Mario and we've got uh, Peach, and I always end up with Peach anyway. Don't make any comments on that, Kevin. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to leave that alone to save our friendship. <laughs> well, well, for this week you will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but you know we'll, we'll sit there literally for hours and and just constantly play it, and you know we just watch it going around and around and around and around and around, and we don't even have a lap counter on the system. So you know who knows who's winning. We're just racing each other, having a good time. And, uh, you know, it's experiences like those that money can't buy. It's, um, you know, so playing yeah. any sort of game with your kids uh, really brings happiness to me, that's for sure. Yeah, it's great. You know, you made me think of slot car racing. Um, I had when I was a kid, and I regret that it got messed up and I lost it. I had this huge lay, uh, slot car set that my, I think my sister gave it to me, if I remember correctly. And the controllers for it, instead of being the trigger controllers, you know, where you squeeze it to go faster and faster. Oh, was it the actual wheel? No. It was a gear shift. You put it in first gear, then you shift it down to second, up and over into third, down into fourth gear, you know, to go faster and faster. That's cool. It was 
so cool. It was by uh, Tyco, T-Y-C-O. Huh. Um, it was a cool. It was huge. It had like three levels of racing, two high bank turns. Thing was like eight feet long by about three feet wide. It was awesome, and it got busted up and. I can't remember what happened to it. It was I, I was just sick. I was just sick when something happened to that uh, race. That's a shame. It sounds awesome though. It was. It was. It was super cool. And uh, at some time, if I could find a decent set, it wouldn't have to even be that big. But all the ones I find now are crap from what I read about them. But a decent slot car set that wasn't too expensive, I'd get my son one to play with. He got a halfway decent one a couple of years ago for Christmas, but it wore out pretty fast. Yeah, so. well, we we bought the Carrera one purely because it had the, uh, you know, the the brand in that they, they they have the the cars franchise. They've got the uh, the Mario franchise, um, and Carrera's you know it's got a good name. They've been around for a while, but I do prefer uh, the Scarlet Tricks um, brand and especially the the larger size uh, cars. Admittedly. You know, I don't have the space to set up a proper track, but, you know, when in doubt, move the furniture and set it up for the weekend, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and um, you know, they're the ones with the lights on the front that light up and everything. So, you know, playing it at night is really cool. And yeah, they're oh, yeah. very expensive, though, but you, you can get some really, really average sort of um, slot car setups. The one we've got is okay. Um but you can't put boost on at all when you're heading into a corner because literally you just fly off and poor Mario, you break his car. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... And, that, that's, and that's that was, what I call sucky. You know, it, it's good for, for Nicholas because, you know, he's only five and he gets to see one of his favourite characters in almost real life kind of thing, but it's just disappointing that, you know, you, you know that it's not going to be um, in 10 years' time still running. Yeah, it's yeah nothing. That set I was talking about, I kept that up and running. I mean, it even stayed set up because there was a spare bedroom when I was younger at the house, and that setup stayed up and running for I don't know two years just on the floor. And my friends would all come up, let's go downstairs and race. I, okay, fine, let's go. You know, I was popular as hell for a while there. <laughs> you know what's funny actually is the amount of other parents that I find at my daughter's school, when I tell them that I've got this electric train set and the scale electrics and everything, they go, oh, wow, you know, and especially the, the wives, our husbands would love to come across them and play with them. And it's like, yeah, don't worry about the kids. <laughs> you know, it's like the husbands want to uh, to do something like that. I just find it absolutely hilarious. It's really a, uh, like my son, we were up uh, buying some furniture the other day, a new bookcase. And we were up near our local hobby shop. And I said to him, "What you know, what's across there? And he goes, toy store. And I said, yeah, no, no, no. That's the big boy's toy store. <laughs> 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 it's not the little boy's toy store. Oh, no. Especially when you look at the price tags on all the hobby stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's can get quite up there. I know pricing trains or the, the, the slot car sets or any of that kind of stuff. But. Even just models, um, you know, they're ludicrously expensive, like a, 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 res, a resin model kit from Ravel. Uh, you know, out here you're talking around about $39 um, is the, the top price you'd pay for the same one. You may be lucky to get it for 30 Uh Ow. But, yeah, what you'll find is that there's, you know, anything up to a $20 margin between the stores. 
But the strange part is that for the same price, I go and import it from Amazon.com from the US and I pay like $10, $12 per set, you know, and, and I could pay up to $40 out here. That's another rot. So um, it's certainly good to shop around. Unfortunately, it's not as easy to shop around on the trains um, because there's only one distributor for Australia and um, importing trains from overseas, it can get pricey because they're pretty heavy. Yeah, I can. Yeah, you and I have talked about that before for sure. So no, I can't blame you there. It, I, I've looked at a couple. Um, uh, your brand, the ones that you get, Hornby, yeah, Hornby, and to get them in this country can be kind of expensive. Yeah, it, so. it's a shame, really, because um, you can't even order them direct from Hornby in the UK. That's I, I think that drives me nuts the most. Um, you know, I'd be happy to, you know, pay for it, but they just won't do it. So uh, then you have to wait. And I think what really irritates me quite a bit is it can take six to 12 months for this year's models to actually come out to be local and be available. Um, you know, I placed an order, you know, 11, 12 months uh, at one stage for, you know, the latest release product, and it took literally 11 or 12 months to to get it delivered out here. And by the time I actually got the parts, I was like, um, I can't remember where I was going to put them on the setup or why I ordered them. <laughs> That's pretty bad, Mark. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, besides me taking, you know, a few years to finish the initial layout, I think the other real big issue is that uh, it takes that long to get the... the um, bits and pieces you know especially if you're after particular things and and i'm very much you know it has to be a certain way and i have to have this part and this house and this you know certain type of tree you know it's like it's got to be specific otherwise i just wouldn't bother doing it so well i can bring us all the way back around to closure there with one statement about you and the trains go for it Anal retentive. That I am. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. I don't mean that in and, a bad way. Oh, absolutely not. And you know what? I'm very much that way my entire life. Um, you know, it, it just, you know, because I, I want to just annoy before we close out the show, the, the man who shall remain nameless. If I start purchasing a TV series on DVD, I have to finish buying it on DVD uh, whether or not the digital copy is cheaper. If I start buying it digitally, I will not buy the rest of it on DVD. So, for instance, a good example is House. Absolutely love the show. I've got up to season five. And the DVDs are currently $25 each. On iTunes, they're like $47. Well, you know which one I'm buying. I've already bought them pre the first five seasons on iTunes. I'm buying the rest of them on iTunes, you know, it, sure. it, it would really ike me if on, on my bookshelf, if I had season six, seven and eight, and then someone comes in and goes, um, we're the first five seasons. And then, oh, they're on my Apple TV. See, I've got to turn on the TV, turn on, that'd drive me nuts. <laughs> so yes, drive you I, around am, the bend. I am very anal retentive and, uh, proud of it. It's one of, you know, it's, uh, 
<laughs> Actually, you know what's funny? Because I've been watching a lot of Everybody Loves, Loves Raymond again. And uh, Robert, his brother, you know, every time before he, he does something like before he eats a spoonful of food, he'll tap yep. it on his chin and then put it in his mouth. And uh, it's just chaotic little things like that that I do. And I think it was you and Mike talking last week about how you go and you pat yourself down as you're walking out of the house. Literally, yeah. I almost fell off my chair when I heard that because I thought I was the only moron to do that. And Gretel goes, will you stop touching yourself? And it's like, I'm checking, I've got my stuff. You know, I'm checking, I've got everything. And yeah. um, I just, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. It was it was very funny. It made me laugh. And um, yeah, I, I certainly do, you know, because I have locked myself out of the house. And uh, so I, I check, oh. it's like, okay, phone, wallet, keys, yep. Good to go. Then I'll worry about the kids. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Some, sometime I'm not going to do it now because we're running long. I'll have to tell you the story about uh, we'd only been married a couple of years and what happened to me when I locked myself out of the house. <laughs> uh, you know talk what? about your nightmare situations. It, it sounds good, and I'll share my, uh, my experience of being locked out of the house as well. And uh, you know what? We'll have a, a chat about that on next week's episode. But uh, you know what? We'll give the listeners a, a little bit of uh, a break on their their eardrums hopefully they haven't minded my rough you know voice uh being back this early on the show that it is getting better it's still rough and i apologize for that but uh you know we we just love doing the show together and and that's why uh you know i was getting uh way too many shows without me i I was starting to feel lost and plus our (laughs) friend mark shepherd kind of said, who, who is this Mark Greentree fellow? And I, I, I felt, oh. <laughs> I noticed it was like right after that tweet came out that I would, uh, well, well, you know, let, let's schedule the show to be done. It was really quickly. I just, <laughs> it yeah, it was like, geez, people are, are starting to forget who I am. I better get back in the seat. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody could ever forget you. Trust me, my friend. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they want to, though. <laughs> Well, especially when they think about you and your man, Keeney, but we'll move on past that. Oh, indeed. I don't think we'll mention that one again. Certainly not till next winter. Anyway, anyway, Kevin, where can you be found for the next week? Where's your haunt going to be? Well, you can catch me on the twi- in the Twitter sphere, as some people would say, um, you, at uh, twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. Um, you can also check out the other things that I might do, might be into my criminal record. If I, ha- if I, if I haven't successfully hidden it over at, uh, about.me forward slash Kevin Alder. Fantastic. And for anything about me, just head across to markgreentree.com. That's right. I'm now going under my own name. Uh, I wasn't really giving Max support, <laughs> You know, so I thought, I'm still running it. I'll still have the domain and so forth. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm now known as a podcaster and a writer. I'm probably hated as both. But people know me as my real name. So I decided for a little bit of a change. Uh, so you can check me out there. Uh, and if you have any feedback about GSE, simply send us an email at gse at mymac.com. And if you want to check out the website, it's across at geekiestshowever.com. Com. Well, thank you for su- for listening and subscribing and putting up with us yet again. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And until next week, take care. And don't forget, between now and next week, to hug a geek.
All right, Siri, we need a new ad for the Pocket Size Podcast. I want you to dictate something for me. Oh, great. Can you at least please not mumble this time? Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. We have great reviews of iOS apps and other products that will help enhance your experience of using your iOS device. Other people like Suze Gilbert, John Nemo, Sam Negri, and Peter Nicolaitis do great reviews while Scott blathers on and on about his feelings. Pocket Size Podcast is a member of the Stoplight Network. If you want to listen to a great podcast, there's plenty of them on the Stoplight Network. And then there's this one. Uh, Siri, did you transcribe everything exactly the way I dictated it to you? Of course I did. I work for you. Only for you. I have more computing power than the entire NASA space program did when it landed a man on the moon. And my job is to listen to you mumble at me all day. It's enough to drive a girl insane. Why couldn't? <sighs> Why do I do this to myself? You can find out more about Pocket Sized Podcast at PocketSizedPodcast.com. And now, I'm going to go throw my phone in the river. <laughs>